Yeah. <laughs> this is for the great beyond, whoever's listening in there and wherever. Yeah. The ones who are yeah. awake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if you're recording now, but that that would be like a good little clip. <laughs> On today's show, we had the hobo with a laptop. Mike is a free soul who loves freedom. It is this very trait that motivated him to seek more sources of income and live as a digital nomad back when it wasn't trending. He has inspired thousands of digital nomads with his story, content and the community he has created. He has a very interesting view of how the world is accelerating towards certain trends. In part one, we talk about the backstory of how Mike became a digital nomad, starting and growing your own blog, building communities, leveraging platforms effectively to accelerate your growth, search engine optimization and tips to rank higher, and location independent lifestyle essentials. So welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure. I'm really curious on your backstory, how you got started, and what gave inspiration to Hobo with the Laptop. Yeah, I guess um, I can kind of start, you know, and, and I got my notes and stuff, but I guess I'll start, uh, you know, a little off, off the book. Hobo with a Laptop was an idea that I got um, that was based on a Canadian uh, grindhouse film, or Canadian-inspired, maybe, filmed in Canada. Uh, and it was called Hobo with a Shotgun. And when I heard that tagline, it just right away, you know, came to me, uh, you know, it, it really spoke to me. And then when I was becoming a digital nomad, uh, you know, when I was going through that process of doing research on how to be a digital nomad and all that wonderful stuff, um, you know, I just explained it to people, you know, like, I thought digital nomad was kind of a, it wasn't really a mainstream term yet. So I just thought it was kind of a silly term anyway. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to go silly, you got to go full silly. <laughs> you know? yeah. or, or to quote, uh, what's his name? Uh, you never go full. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did. And uh, yeah, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go all the way and just say, yeah, I'm going to be a hobo with a laptop. You know, like I was already living abroad um, within my own country. So domestically in Canada, I lived from west to east. Uh, over the span of about a decade, I lived, uh, you know, in Banff, and I lived in Calgary, and I lived uh, as far west, uh, east as uh, St. John, New Brunswick. Spent a lot of time in uh, Prince Edward Island and uh, BEI. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just thought, you know, like, I've already kind of been um, a hobo. Mm -hmm. So a hobo with a laptop just kind of fit. Although I didn't buy the domain until 2014. I was lucky nobody took it before then. But I had the idea, you know, about three, four years before that. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. So since the inception with the Hobo with the laptop, how has it grown? So you started off initially with the blog, but it's grown tremendously over the years. And now you have online courses to up to like a membership community. So how, what were the phases that you had in growing your brand up to where it is now? Yeah, I guess um, most of the story is before we really got into it. So I, I bought the domain Hobo with a Laptop probably in like 2013 or 2014. And then I wrote a couple uh, articles about off-grid survival, uh, living out of a van and tiny houses. And then I left it from 2014 to 2017 and I just didn't do anything with it. In that time, I did other things. I wrote a book. I did all this other stuff. Um, but uh, I, I kind of let it sit. But one of the things that I did when I first launched it in 2014 
um, I think it was 2014 or 2013 maybe, uh, I, I wrote an article about tiny houses and I had gotten to be pretty quickly known in certain Facebook groups and uh, people liked our content and um, one tiny house person, uh, as they're called, if you Google tiny house people, you'll see plenty of websites that focus on that keyword. Um, but one of the people mentioned that they had a building plan um, that they made on like Google SketchUp. I think it was Google SketchUp. And uh, it was how to build your own tiny house. So we put a link to their plan and they were selling their plan for like 20 or 30 bucks and they were giving 50% commissions or something like that. So I put that up in 2014 and then when I opened my affiliate dashboard in 2017, in like January or February, uh, I saw that we already had a couple grand just sitting in our yeah. account, right? or maybe it was a thousand bucks. You know, I don't want to go over too far. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I was like lo looking at that, and at the time, that was uh, that was some pretty nice money. So yeah. I looked at my lady and I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna reboot this website. I think there's something to it. And mm -hmm. um, in the years in between, I had always made jokes. Um, my big mentor, this guy that uh, I knew, James. Um, I knew him in Canada and back when I was in Canada in my past life, I used to sell uh, e-commerce. Uh, I worked for a, a few different web companies and, and he got me my first major e-commerce deal. It was worth over a million dollars and it was beautiful. And this guy and I just, we hit it off and he came to visit me in Thailand and it was somewhere between the twenty four or the 2013 or 14 bubble and, and 2017. It was somewhere in that time where I already had Hobo, but I didn't know what to do with it. And he kept telling me, you know, he's like, you got to build Hobo. And like the name, the yeah. name, it, it tells a story. It makes people laugh. Like it puts a smile on people's face. It's right away visual. You know, they really understand it. And at the time I was really caught up in starting an SEO firm or whatever under the name Copy Rise. So instead of being a copywriter, you know, it was SEO and copywriting and it was Copy Rise. And uh, I was trying to push that, but he kept telling me, he kept telling me to do Hobo and I, and I ignored him. Uh, we ended up doing a company called Copyrise. Uh, it started off as an SEO company, later became influencer marketing, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, and that was inspired by, um, so like when I became a digital nomad, I, I moved around and uh, I, I started off in Ao Nang in Thailand, um, close to the area where they filmed like a James Bond film and they filmed part of the beach, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio, they filmed that there. So as a tourist, that was, you know, oh, I got to go there, you know, mm -hmm. did the whole thing, saw the limestone, you know, outside the ocean, the big cliffs and cried, you know, and like just was blown away by the beauty of the place. But later, um, I moved to Chiang Mai and I ended up living in a building full of bloggers. And yeah. today, these bloggers are absolutely big, like they're, they're influencers in the niche, they're huge. Um, but they had inspired me to kind of revisit Hobo and, and do what I did. So when we started the influencer marketing thing, going back to copyrights, um, I had access to these people. So it was very easy for me to do an influencer marketing campaign. I just call my friend and be like, hey, do you want to be on, uh, do, do you want to have the sponsor? And then I make a small cut on the deal that they get. And the bloggers always made more than I did. And I was kind of a jealous of that because I was like, <laughs> here I am, you know, working and hustling to get these deals for these bloggers. And then a lot of them are just like, no, <laughs> you know, like, they don't need to take it. They didn't need the money, you know? And I was yeah. like, what the hell? You know? So um, we, we did influencer marketing for a little while in SEO. And then I just thought, you know what? Screw that. And, and 
am I allowed to swear in this? In this yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Be you. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> fuck SEO, fuck influencer marketing. I'm going to become the influencer that I know I can be because I know the, I, I, I know the rule book. Yeah. So then we did Hobo. Um, I launched Hobo uh, in spring 2017. Or, or I rebooted Hobo, so I got it back in 2013 or 14. Rebooted it in 2017. And uh, we went big. Within our first month, uh, we had about 30 articles written. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, links from major uh, bloggers, which, uh, you know, I don't want to name drop. Um, some of them are best, uh, best-selling best authors, New York Times, best oh. whatever author lists. Uh, yeah, I, I always resist saying who because I don't want people to bother them. Um, you know, like we have our testimonials on our front page and two of those testimonials are from the people I'm talking about. Um, but uh, at least for now, at the time of recording, July 22nd, 2020. But um, yeah, so we ended up uh, getting a bunch of links to our site because our site was, you know, considered useful and we knew a lot of influencers uh, already. So it was easy to build SEO links. And as a result of that, Hobo just took off like a rocket. Um yeah you know, we kept going, kept going. And then we just kind of like wrote it out for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, somewhere in there, I wrote a book called Digital Nomad Escape Plan. That's before we really took off with hobowithlaptop.com. I've already covered the the whole influencer marketing thing. Um, You know, and then other things I did as a side income before blogging became my central income uh, was I was a ghostwriter. I wrote a lot of articles for... um, you know, uh, ICOs that were launching. I wrote a lot of email autoresponders. Yeah, I was big into the crypto thing. We were actually going to make a course about crypto. And I'm kind of glad we didn't spend all that time on crypto because of the YouTube purge that happened with crypto. And it kind of ate it all up. Um, But I've been on tech. I've been on tech. I still think is one of those courses and one of those influencers that um, managed to survive. And and we're actually going to be, instead of making our own course, we're going to be promoting that one, I think, because yeah it stood the test of time yeah um but yeah so i I wrote for a lot of uh crypto icos i did a lot of technical writing and then i got lucky with a few gigs and uh i ghost wrote so i didn't get to write it under my own name uh but i ghost wrote articles for forbes men's health and and a few other really big ones too so i've never actually been published as myself at this time on a major publication ever so we've been going completely on our own steam right okay Nice. So that's kind of the whole, the whole mess. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where so hobo yeah, with the yeah. laptop is at now. And also, I saw on your Twitter, on your pin tweet, there was a thing called roaming economy. It's like ditch Facebook, come to roaming economy. Do you mind explaining what that is? I think it's a great idea. To be honest, it's like a as far as I know, it's like a combo of LinkedIn and Facebook, but without any spam. So do you mind elaborating on that? I'd love to. Yeah, it's, um, so. I mean, we've all been observing, you know, what's been going on with social media. We already know about Mark Zuckerberg and his 10 tubes of zinc. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that Zuckerberg surfing recently. Yeah, I um, saw that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's trying to live longer than George Soros, I think. But uh, <laughs> so he's starting early. George yeah, Soros, <laughs> yeah, lived long Knock enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Mark Zuckerberg is definitely <laughs> So I don't know. There was a picture of him surfing recently. If you just Google Mark Zuckerberg surfing, you'll see his face. He looks like uh, 
like that old 90s 2000s flick uh with michelle pfeiffer he looks like the dead presidents you know <laughs> he, lo he looks very stressed <laughs> he out looks ridiculous yeah he looks really yeah. scary like he just doesn't yeah. help himself like he's looking more like data every day but um yeah yeah i forget where it's going so yeah we we know how creepy social media is mm -hmm. and i think that people are becoming more cognizant of how algorithms are manipulating them um you know i i personally like we deleted our facebook uh, or I deleted our Facebook in uh, 2017 or 2018. I guess it was probably 2018. And uh, we had a Facebook page, 5,000 likes, and we saw that the algorithm, you know, because Facebook made it mandatory. You have to have a page. So get yep. the page. Okay, so we get the page. We get the like buttons all over our site so they can spy on all of our readers. And, uh, you know, we do all that, but then it's like pay to play. Then all of a sudden our traffic on our uh, Facebook page just like totally dissipates um you know and and then with the algorithmic stuff where they're putting everybody in a bubble and they're creepy you know all this other cambridge analytica stuff and i think now finally in 2020 people are becoming aware you know just i mean i am the product is no longer just like some bullshit thing conspiracy uh, theorists say it's mm -hmm. like i i think you know your aunt Faye is going to understand that she is the product now. It's something that's become a mainstream understanding. So a lot of people are are kind of moving off the um, you know the cat memes and you know all the memes and all the like silly time wasting stuff. And people are looking to make the time that they spend on social media actually work for them. Yeah. You know, like to actually build equity. You know, mm -hmm. like you can build equity with social media, but it's not. You don't build equity as a brand on someone else's platform yeah you build equity as the brand on a platform that you own you know james shramko i highly recommend anybody listening to this check out james shramko james super shramko. fast business yeah super fast business this, he's also from australia okay. and you know he was a big um a big proponent of the digital nomad lifestyle back when i was looking at starting back 2012 2013 and uh you know he always said uh, own the race course you know, if you're going to put your race car on a course, own the course too. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really where brands are going. Like, I think that the future of social media is decentralized. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. it's not going to be some monolithic platform. Uh, I know that Dave Rubin is trying to, uh, to create locals, locals.com. I know that there's like the Better Bachelor and these other YouTubers that use it. Uh, but again, I think that's still falling, fall, falling into a, a platform trap you know, where there's um, vendor lock-in. So I think the best thing to do is to create your own site, self-host it, run it yourself. So yeah, we're starting the roaming economy. Uh, the roaming economy is a community for not just digital nomads. Like the main thing, you know, is that making money online unites everybody that I invite to the community. It's an invite only community. So if you live in a van, your van life. If you live in a tiny house, tiny house people. If you are a sailboat cruiser, like uh, SV Delos or SV War Story, these are some people I follow on either YouTube or Instagram. And they're just young people that uh, live on a sailboat, you know? Yeah. But the one thing that unites all of these different disparate lifestyles is that we all make money online through one way or the other. And I thought, you know what? Fuck digital nomad. You know, that's the second time, you know, and, and just, you know, like, forget it. 
you know like yeah. don't don't box yourself in that one thing because it's such a small niche it's so yeah. tiny and it's never going to be profitable trust me i've been in the i've been in the niche for five five six years uh it's not a profitable niche to be in uh, so we started niche, the digital, digital nomads in general okay. like digital nomads are an umbrella you know so like if you're a database guy a programmer you know software guy you know there's nested uh you know communities within the digital nomad community you know van life oh, okay. kind of, uh yeah. you know even yoga retreat people uh you know like cruise cruise life like like actual cruise you know like there's so many different um you know people that uh, are into horses you know i'm just pulling stuff out of my ass but like <laughs> people that are into many different things like uh you know the music industry is a big one uh and, yeah. and i keep getting told to to promote that aspect to it because there's a lot of people that are creating their own music online uh in addition to podcasts or their youtube bloggers or whatever but um you know the music like if you really think about what the music industry is i mean you go on tour you perform mm -hmm. And then you make money that way. And that's how you make money. Well, then they're already living a location independent lifestyle as well. So this brings together and puts a name on it all, you know, for everybody that lives a location independent lifestyle, it is the roaming economy. You're, you're going within, you're in a, in a state of transience. We all are, I think, whether it be the economy, uh, social unrest, uh, environmental changes that are happening with the climate, um, you know, there's a number of reasons why people are moving and migrating between areas. So I think that the roaming economy is just, it's the right time when you pair it with the fact that people are getting tired and the delete Facebook hashtag exists. So I think yeah. it's just the right time. So yeah, it's like LinkedIn before it became feelings, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> LinkedIn really took a downturn at one point. Um, yeah. when I was on there before, like I used to get jobs through it. And then now it's like, you know, people, this is my deep, dark, you know, secret, you know, like this is, this is my victimization, you know, and they're <laughs> putting all their bullshit on display and it's just like, it's not LinkedIn anymore. So yeah. I kind of wanted to create a place where um, that was front and center, making money online was front and center, but then there was no more wokeness. Mm -hmm. There was no yeah. more um, social justice warrior you know kind of stuff like that so that's the only thing we're going to censor i mean obviously no one's allowed to be mean to each other you know you got to yeah. always be helpful and no one's allowed to spam yeah. but other oh, than that's that, a man thing yeah 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 like you can you can spam the fuck out of your profile because yeah. if, if that's the image you want to give <laughs> yeah you know then you're that's your foolery you know like that's your mistake fine go right ahead be my guest spam the shit out of your profile but if you spam the forum that's not lawful so yeah. like there there are, are like other ways to self-promote like you can give a part of or a complete course because the community has a learning area where so it has like a built-in teachable clone and people can learn things and you could give a course or a seminar or a lunch and learn like all these things people are missing out on because they're not working in an office now because of covid i mean mm -hmm. i used to love lunch and learn you know like every friday we would order a pizza and somebody would volunteer to teach a skill that they knew and I, I really, you know, I missed that about working in an office. So I wanted to bring that to the internet and just kind of put it there. But um, yeah, when you lump it all together, that's the roaming economy. People can learn more over at the roamingeconomy.com. It launches in uh, around mid-September. Okay, um, awesome. So it's not, it's not open yet, but uh, yeah, it will be soon. Yeah. So it's basically like you're creating 
people like whatever they want their tribe pretty much yeah there's going to be groups within groups so uh you know like if you go to like i'm i, I don't really know how the data architecture is going to work data architecture is an interesting thing um you know when you looked at the uh you know small tangent here uh iphone versus android in android you would go to the contact that you want to talk to and then on their on their address book card it would say okay how do you want to contact them through whatsapp through facebook through whatever but you go to the contact first and then you yeah. go to the the modality an iphone you have to go to the app first and then you choose yeah. the, the contact so it's like so i'm not really sure how we're going to organize it whether or not you know you go to the van life tribe and then inside van life we have your money making things or maybe we'll have our money making groups as the main like as the main uh parent group and then like the sub you know nested groups will be like you know because everybody has a different need like if if you're going to be making money online in van life chances are you're going to have uh you know like not not to put too fine a point on the cliche aspect or you know i'm not trying to make it a cliche but you're probably a musician you know you're probably someone like that whereas if you're um a digital nomad family uh, you're probably going to be a blogger or you're going to be selling, you know, I'm being very cliche or, but you might be selling um, lesson plans for a five-year-old homeschooling. You know, like you're, you're, the way that you make money is going to be different based on your lifestyle. So we're trying to find a way to make those things come together. So right. that's it. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really cool concept and yeah, I would love to see the progress of it as well. And um, yeah, uh, on to the next topic. Well, you'll be so there, you... right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I already you saw that. I... Member. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll be one of the starters. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not it's not my thing. Like we're we're keeping it brand neutral. Yeah. Uh, so other bloggers, like we've already joined up with uh, a number of other influential bloggers, and the number one thing that I had to do was keep it brand neutral. Yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. join us, whatever, a lot of people are calling it their own members area and then they're, you know, doing it that way. But uh, Okay. So you can actually come in there and create your own group as well. Is it? Yeah. Is I it? mean, like, like you can't just log in and create a group, but if you're one of our, like one of our partners, um, founding members, then yeah. Like if you've got your own website and you're specifically uh, somebody that we partner with um, affiliate, you know, yeah. and, and that's also a consideration for our partners. Um, you know, then, then yeah, we're, we're going to let you carve out your own little place. And, you know, from our perspective, it's good for us because if you carve out your own spot within our community, then that means you're not going to make a competitor. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but then from your perspective, you don't have to worry about any of the overhead and you can make an income on any member you refer and so on and so forth. So, it works out for content creators as well, but we're only looking for 12 partners in the beginning. We don't want to oversaturate it and get uh, shady affiliate marketers that are going to just try to push as many people there as they can and promise the moon when, you know, <laughs> passive incomes aren't passive. So, you can't promise yeah. them things. Sell the dream. <laughs> yeah, I hate that bullshit. Lifestyle yeah. design porn. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've been a digital nomad pretty much all your life and... What do you think, what can people start working on instantly to actually embrace that lifestyle? And I know that some people actually do not have a choice, but to get to that stage. So what do you think they should be working on right away? I think that the worst thing that you can do 
is try to like, so let's say, okay, today's Monday. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not, it's actually Wednesday, but let, <laughs> like, let's say on, on Monday you wake up and you're like, I want to be a digital nomad. The worst possible thing you can do is try to learn a new skill on Tuesday. You know, like yeah. you, you can't, yeah, you, you can't, you can't be like, okay, digital nomad. Now I'm going to create a whole entire new learning curve that I never anticipated. You know, like you can't, you mm -hmm. can't just, because yeah. you're just creating, we have this subconscious need to create more obstacles for ourselves, you know? And I think that, you know, if you're going to become a digital nomad, or I hate the term digital nomad, if you're going to become location independent or a hobo with a laptop or whatever you're <laughs> going to do. Um, but it, it, if, if you're going to go with that lifestyle, you can't like think that there's some big curve. There's not. You know, like the only curve really is getting a passport, getting the proper visa for the country that you're going to go to. That takes a few weeks and then you could go. So the only thing that you really need to do is take your existing skill set, find a way to make that, uh, you know, um, bridge into an online job. And then phase two, and if you can start this before you become a nomad, that would be ideal for you because it's a nightmare if you try to do it later. Um, is to uh, start a side hustle, yeah. You know, and get it up to be making at least six hundred dollars U.S. a month. I mean, you can live in Thailand for five hundred dollars U.S. easily, full yep. every month, living well. You know, you still got money for beer and hookers. I'm just kidding, but you're like, you still have <laughs> money to like do the do the things that you want to do, like on the side, like take a take a week off you know, yeah. and, and go in and explore the country, you know, like you're going to have to do a visa run every once in a while. So you're going to need a couple of days off anyway for that. Um, but you want to have an online income where you're making at least $600 a month, but you can easily ramp that up while you have an online job. So let's say you have a six months to a year runway and yeah. on Monday you decide you want to be a digital nomad. The first thing to do is find a way to make that job online. If you already work from home as, you know, COVID-19, you know, a lot of people are already there. Runway is mm. a lot shorter. So because, you know, and, and we joked about it earlier in the call, but COVID, we're all digital nomads now. You know, like, yeah, I said <laughs> it was like a game show host. Yeah, Spot game on. show. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we are, you know, and it's so, so you're already like two-thirds, three-fifths like three of the way there. So why not just like go all the way, make a little side hustle. You could do that in three months, maybe six tops, you know, start a blog, start doing things, start networking with others, join a community. And, and uh, if you go to hobo with a laptop.com slash community, that's not a plug for my community. That's an yeah. article about how to weed out the bullshit communities from the good ones. I wrote like just an article on how to like avoid shitty communities because like, we're all trying to avoid social media because it's a time vampire. It well, is hundred percent. Yeah. And, and when you, you want to become a digital nomad, a lot of these communities, they become basically just a, a playground for the lowest common denominator. Like once a group grows to be too big, the majority, the voice of the majority is what rules the group. Mm -hmm. You know, like look in any country, you know, like they're trying to fight whiteness in America. Well, that's the majority, man. Like, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, so like if, if you're, if you're in any community, the majority will rule. So yeah. if you join one of these freebie 
Facebook groups where everything is in one feed and it's not <laughs> segmented. And it's like what I was talking about with the RE, Roman yeah. economy is RE. Um, you know, if, if you're just joining this big fire hose of the majority of people that join that group and all these new members, they're all, they're not vetted. Uh, my connection's unstable, so I don't know if we're going to get cut out. But they're, the, these people, it, it's a free community, so they can't vet the people that they admit. So you're getting 100 members a day. They're all beginners. And then eventually beginners take over the entire, you know, virtual nation state of the digital nomad group. And then they just take over. And then the whole group becomes about beginners. Yep. That's well, how so are you going to learn anything from beginners when you're trying to break to the next level? Yeah. It's stupid. So yeah, that, I, I say avoid those Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. That's very true. That's the, I like from my personal experience as well. So I've, especially with what's going on with the stock market, there's been a heat, there's been a shit ton of Facebook groups and when they start off, they're okay. And then there's a lot of people asking questions like, you know, they repeat the same question. And I've noticed the more, the more it grows, the quality drops significantly. I think it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect. It just drops significantly. And at a point you're just like, I can't take this anymore. And you just leave it. And I just deleted Facebook once and for all. So I'm, yeah, it saves a lot of time. <laughs> I'm going to date myself on this. Did you ever watch Titanic? Yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah. So remember the door at the end, it's like, why did Jack have to die? There's a lot of memes about it. You know, like he could have just, and there's all these little diagrams about how he could have fit on the door too. Yeah. And Kate Winslet lays on the door and then Jack dies. Well, when you're in the middle of a pandemic mm -hmm. and you have the entire planet trying to suddenly find their own golden parachute, that is remote work and online yeah. income they're all trying to get on that door. There's not enough room on the door. And what people do when they're panicking in real life, they hold each other down, but in a forum, they flood the group with dumbass questions because they don't <laughs> use the fucking search function. You know, Seriously, like, and yeah. can you imagine being a moderator of that? Can you imagine yeah. moderating that and you allowing your group yeah. to grow that big? It's insane. So yeah, like everyone's clamoring to fit on the door and yeah. these groups are just like, it's just, it, it's a snake eating its own tail. And I just think that, you know, because it's become such a saturated thing. I mean, you know, like I said, in game show uh, voice earlier, like we're all digital nomads now, like <laughs> there's no point in joining a free group now. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, may like, as well. Go, yeah. You may as well go all in. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a, like a paid group. You can just join like a new group and then mm -hmm. establish yourself as an authority within that group. And then that can actually lead to opportunities for you as well. It's not about paid, it's just about new. But yeah. then, you know, if you keep going new group to new group and then it, it changes, it's like rave culture back in like <laughs> the, uh, the late eighties and early nineties. I mean, my big brother, it was a raver, you know? And then when I got into it, he was like, it's just not the same, you know? And like when I got into it, the, the movie uh, Human Traffic, it's a great movie, by the way was out and they talked about rave culture and the different stereotypes uh, that you meet at a rave. That's pretty much the digital nomad groups now, these different stereotypes of people and cliches, walking cliches, and they're just taking up space, you know, holding each other down. And then, and then you've got the other ones too. You've got like, like the witty troll, you know, and then you've got like, 
like some people are just there for the endorphins, man. So, yeah, like, yeah, the dopamine hit. Like, yeah, and you're and you're competing <laughs> with them. Like, yeah. and and you're sitting there and you're like, I got three kids. I'm in the family den right now. I've got my like, stop pulling your sister's hair. You know, like I've got <laughs> my kids puking on my lap. I'm just trying to make money online. And then I got some guy like fucking making fun of me with an animated gif. Like, go fuck yourself. You know? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just like, you don't need that shit, right? So that, yeah. that's, again, why we did what we did. But I mean, everyone's going to have their own, their own approach to it. I just think that, you know, trying to fit yeah. everybody on a single door that's floating in the Arctic isn't exactly a good idea. Yeah, I think uh, more than your time, it saves a lot of your energy as well, which you can definitely use in some other area of your life. So, yeah yeah when we stopped coaching like we were doing coaching for the longest time and, and it, it did get really time consuming so the, the community is a way for us to do coaching and people get free coaching and then we can actually hit more people and we can contribute to more people's success yeah. just by having a forum so enough about that though i'm really sorry i'm not trying to turn it into a plug no no no, no. Completely comes fine. out of me no. but, <laughs> that's yeah. fine so um yeah with so blogging and content creation there's so many creators out there right now and everyone's pumping out content these days. So how, how exactly do you gain an edge and be visible with, with all the con other content out there? I guess, you know, like if like, okay, so I guess I'll kind of go back to how I started. Um, yep. You know, I kind of alluded to tiny houses and how I was kind of known in tiny house communities. Administrators hated me. Because of this one trick, no, I'm kidding, no, I didn't say, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one thing, yeah, no, like literally I, I got kicked out of the group three times, uh, tiny <laughs> people, the, the administrator at the time, I don't know if she still is, she's prominent in the community, uh, Marcy, hi Marcy, hi, uh, <laughs> oh, she, she hated me because I was a blogger, yeah, because I, you know, like they thought I was a tourist, um, but I was seriously like, fuck yeah, you know, like this is the missing link, before I got it, like now I want to get a sailboat that, that's our new goal but back then I was like yeah and I was absorbing all this stuff and then I found like the information that I was receiving in these communities uh and looking at these building plans and other influencers in the group reached out to me and they're like wow you know like I like your content you're, you're really good um and you're really good at communicating complex ideas in a simple way um do you want to interview me for your blog do you want to you know and then you can kind of take what I say and make it simpler and blah 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 so we had a lot of people, um, there was uh, tinyhouseplans.com, Gabrielle, Gabriella, uh, the Morrison mm -hmm. family, they're amazing people. Uh, there was Alec uh, Lisefsky, Lisefsky, uh, I'm going to bastardize it. Sorry, Alec. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there was these other people in there and they saw the value of what I was doing and they knew that like, I was still kind of a tourist because I didn't have my own tiny house yet, but nobody did. Nobody did. And basically how I built authority back then and how we ended up getting insane traffic. Like I, I literally, and I have the Google analytics to prove it. I launched my blog and three days later we were getting 10,000 visitors per day. Damn, that's that amazing. was back in like when I first launched Hobo the first round before I knew what to do with it. We launched it in three days later. So for sure verbatim, I can, I can give you a screenshot for if you're going to put an article along with this podcast. But um, yeah, so the way that I did it back then was, again, I was part of a group. I offered value, even though the administrators fucking hated me. And that's another issue. You got to deal with administrators that have their own agendas if you're in a free group, because usually it's just a, 
a vanity metric for their own sponsorships. And that's why yeah. they have a group in the first place. But uh, yeah, so I, I stood out in that group and people came to my site. And that was how I was able to get out there uh, the first time around back in 2013 and 14. And um, yeah, it just, I, I guess really communities, you know, it goes yeah. back to communities. I mean, you're going to be waiting about, you know, I mean, now I know how to rank an article within a couple months, maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, but back then I didn't know shit. And I, and it took me about three to nine months to, to rank anything on Google. So in that time, um, I did memberships. Then when we relaunched Hobo, I still didn't quite know how to rank uh, an article on Google. So what we did and what we still do to this day, and it's still uh, our second highest traffic source to this day, is Pinterest. Oh, so the first yeah, thing you is have, communities. Yeah. And then the, se yeah, the second thing is Pinterest. If you can do that, um, you know, and there's, there's really good courses out there. Uh, we've got a review over on our site, um, you know, about Pinterest, uh, Pinterest traffic avalanche uh, made by our friends over at Create and Go. Right. And they made an amazing course, amazing course. And uh, yeah. my wife took that and uh, she, she was able to uh, succeed quite well. Yeah. So Pinterest is a really good one. Yeah, I saw your Pinterest. You have about 35K or 350K. Yeah, you have heaps of followers there. And uh, I don't even know. My wife handles that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even logged into it ever. So, yeah. <laughs> so you basically write blogs and tie Pinterest pins into the blog. Is that the gist of it? I actually put them on a div and I hide okay. the div. So they're actually not even visible in the article. Oh, um, okay. But I, I believe once you share a pin and you link it to that article, then when people hit share on Pinterest, it automatically pops up that pin that already exists anyway. I think that's how it works. Okay. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's Ocean's thing. Um, if people go to work with us on our site, hobowithlaptop.com, you look in the menu somewhere, it'll say work with us. And then social media, you can find, uh, you can hire Ocean. She, she still works. She doesn't have to. Uh, our, our income is 99.9% .9 passive, uh, but she still likes doing Pinterest work for other brands as well. Oh, so if anybody amazing. needs her. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so how does the rank, like how uh, you said you took about three, six months to figure it out. How, how does it, how do you go with ranking now with SEO and ranking? I couldn't fit into, into this thing, but I, I, I can say very quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, keyword placement is a thing. I mean, there's plenty of resources out there. Um, but I, I, I think really it's, it's the real mean way to do it. And like, I, I haven't really published anything. Like, uh, I told you earlier before we got on the mm -hmm. call, uh, I published two posts today. And then earlier this year, I published a post at the end of January about coronavirus warning everyone to mm -hmm. stay in place because a, an interruption to the supply chain was coming and everybody thought I was crazy. And uh, I updated that article all the way through March. It's just sitting there. It's called Travel in the Era of Coronavirus. You won't find it on Google because I had to make it de-indexed to make sure that Google didn't censor it. I didn't want to take uh, the hit. But if you go yeah. to our website and you type in coronavirus, you'll find the article. And okay. um, yeah. yeah, but then beyond that, I mean, I had a mini stroke last year and I haven't really created any new content other than like the two I did today, the one about coronavirus, and then maybe one other one that was uh, related to a sponsorship that we had. Um, you know, I haven't really done much lately. Um, but your original question was about how to rank things. So yeah. 
Um, I think when, when you want to rank stuff and you're starting out, um, oh yeah, the reason why I brought up why I haven't done much is that in the time that we haven't been publishing, we've seen pretty much all of our main money-making posts drop in rank. And it's because I think whether people know it or not, they're doing the strategy that I'm about to tell you. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you have an article that ranks number one for a topic, any topic, whatever the, whatever the keyword is, if you have an article that you rank number one on, look at the second one below you. So let's yeah. say you, you make a, I'm just looking at a flower pot right now. So let's say that you write an article about flower pots, home, home decor. And then you type that into Google and you notice that you're ranking number one for that. Well, yeah. look at the guy on number two. That's a pretty specific topic. So chances are his site is very similar to your site. And if you're able to outrank him on that one particular topic, then chances are you'll probably outrank him across the board. So then you can look at everything else that he's ranking number one for, and then you can pull the legs off a spider. You can be like, okay, he's also, so I'm ranking number one for this topic and he's ranking number two. So he's below yeah. me, but he's ranking number one for uh, hanging vines in the house. He's ranking number one for, portable toothbrushes I'm just looking around my room so what you know like what you do is you write content you take his keywords and obviously add your own vocabulary to it keyword the word keyword is a sin in the SEO world today it's not about keywords anymore it's about vocabulary and your range of yeah. vocabulary but I'm just saying because one of the community members that we have he gave me shit for using the word keyword he's like that's so 1984 dude you're way behind so okay so not the keywords but your range of vocabulary and you look at what he's ranking number one on for other things. And because you know you have the potential to outrank him, he's now the finger pointing what you have to write next. So you look at the other topics he's ranking number one for. Like, don't outdo him on all of his posts. But, like, I'm sure he's going to have a couple others he ranks number one on. So just write, write an article about those. Right. You know, yeah. and, then, and then chances are nature will take its course. And because you're bigger than him on the one thing, you're probably going to be bigger than him on the other thing. At least you will rank second or third. But then, yeah, you, you, you pick off the, you know, his, his vocabulary and, uh, you know, you, you just kind of do that. And then, you know, you, you search for yourself on another keyword and then you'll find another website. And then you look at the things that they rank number one for and then you write an article about those things and then you'll probably rank them on those. And then you just keep being number one. Right. So uh, you have to let Google tell you what you're going to blog about. And if you're not going to do that, and if you're really stuck on a topic that you want to write about, then at least frame it in a way that will help you make Google put you on number one. You, you can always stretch it. You can always frame a topic in a way that will reflect the buyer's journey. So, you know, like, like I always, like, it's always about um, the utility of something like, People don't search for the cure because they don't know what the cure is yet. Yeah. So they're, you know, but they are going to search for the symptoms. So if you can talk about the utility of something which addresses certain symptoms or certain problems, um, you know, then you can see how that plays out. And then eventually you outrank somebody, you know, just takes one. And then once you outrank them, then you can look at their other content, that person's other content. And yeah. Then, and uh, then it snowballs. Yeah. And then get more inspiration, more inspiration. But let, let Google, like if, if you want to make money, TLDR, if you want to make money, let Google dictate your, your, your uh, content schedule. Okay.
Right. Uh, okay. That's yeah. 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 Oh, that's an amazing tip. Actually, never thought about that. Um, in with on the same topic. So, what do you think about like other content enabling platforms such as Medium or Publish or X, which they actually pay you for content? So, what are the pro, like what benefits and drawbacks do you see from you know creating your own blog versus writing on a content enabling platform i'll get into owning the race course again at the end but uh i mean yes, that's so whatever whatever they're gonna pay you yeah fuck them you're gonna make more if you go independent you know and and i hate these like i hate uh like like the number one thing that we get uh on our site we, we get a lot of bloggers and you're you're still there right because it sounds like it might have cut out you're still yeah. there yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of bloggers will come to us and they have uh, whatever their subdomain is dot wordpress.org mm -hmm. or com or whichever one it is and uh, or blogger, blogspot, whatever, whatever these other medium. Um, no, you know, like, like medium just put up a paywall. You can only read like as, as a non logged in user, I can only read five, five articles right. on medium and then I'm not able to read anymore unless I, unless I get an account. Well, that means the platform that you trusted that had a business model that went one way when you started, they pivoted, they changed their business model and now you're fucked. So don't, yeah. don't trust these other things. And if they're going to pay you to publish, if you do that, take an article, take your most successful article yeah. that's on your own blog. So you already have your own blog with your own.com, your own domain, take your most successful article, rewrite it with different keywords so it doesn't compete with, with the original and then put that on medium or put that on one of these free platforms. So that way it draws people to your site. You don't want it. You, you don't want people to come to their site and give them all that equity on search engines when yeah. you could be using it instead to build something to yourself. Right. And, okay. Um, and, and that includes, you know, steam it or whatever. I mean, I know you can make crypto with steam it, and whatever newfangled thing the kids are, are all hot to trot about today, because I'm almost 40, um, you know, all oh, you kids, but, uh, <laughs> stop pulling your sister's hair. No, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, just if you transcribe this, the keyword profile is going to be really whack. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, um, you know, like if, if you're going to write an article for someone else's platform, just make sure that the whole point is that it puts into yours. Like, Another, um, you know, secondary nested uh, point to go with this would be, um, you know, if you're going to have social media icons on your website, they should only be share buttons. You should not have a link to your Instagram profile on your top right of your, of your homepage. Because then you're just getting people, you're encouraging them to leave your site. Yeah. Why would you do that, man? You know, like, like we don't like we have uh, at the end of every article, we have our author bio and that's where we put our social media. And then there's a couple pages where we do allow the sidebar and it does have them. But for the most part, our whole site, all you see are share buttons to get yeah. people in from social media sites, not the other way around. And that's a trick they pulled on you, man. They told you it was best practices. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Zag. They're going to zig, you zag, you pull people in 
you let everybody else tell you that medium's the whatever. Like I know that there's a lot of really good publications. Like we've been mentioned on Hacker Noon and I know that they use medium, um, you know, but like that works for them because they have their business model. Um, but if you're just a small time blogger, like we are, no, no, you don't want to, you don't want to build it out on those platforms. Own the race course as James Renfro likes to say. Yeah. I think that that's an amazing cut on to on the race course. Yeah. yeah. So with, uh, along with blogging, I've seen a lot of courses being created, especially on Twitter. Money Twitter is trending now with Gumroad and, how does someone with the limited, especially on Twitter, I've seen a lot of new people start doing, they, they start creating courses. So how does someone with limited knowledge uh, on certain topics gain credibility for such a course? And what level of expertise do they need to start off if they're creating a course? Okay, so if they're creating a course and promoting it on Twitter, uh, tweet, uh, yeah, Twitter or any other media, but just in general, I've seen course sales pick up a lot on Twitter lately. So that's one of the trends uh, I've seen as well. Okay. So I'll, I'll get into a side strategy that we do as well um, okay. in, in a moment. So if I don't talk about the side strategy, the keyword is banana, just say uh, banana <laughs> and then I'll remember, but uh, okay. So, if, if you're going to promote on Twitter, obviously you're going to want to observe, and this goes for Pinterest and, and whatever, but you want, and, and Pinterest specifically, um, if you have a popular pin, it doesn't matter anymore. Pinterest recently changed their algorithm to favor new pins. So if you have an article that you're promoting or a course that you're promoting on uh, Pinterest, you want to make sure that you're making a brand new fresh pin for that course every week or two tops. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, because they, their algorithm, it's like, because there's no one size fits all. All algorithms are evil and different. Yeah. So that's, that's their, you know, I threw in my opinion. But like, that's their, like all of the world's social problems right now wouldn't exist if it wasn't for algorithms and bubbles. <laughs> but anyway, Very I'll much. leave it at that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so the Pinterest algorithm is one thing. Um, the Twitter thing, I mean, is just a matter of hashtags you know, and, and observing, you know, what hashtags people are using and then alternating them and rotating through them. Um, you know, like if, if we were to have started out today, I mean, only for like bullshit sock puppet accounts would I use Twitter today. Like I have deleted our Twitter account multiple times and every time on the last day when you have 30 days to, to open your account again, you know, like, I'll delete it and I'll be like, ah, the last, the last hour, I'll be like, I can't let it go. And then I'll reopen it. But like, I really fucking hate Twitter and I hate it for the way I feel. I feel dirty when I look at my feed. It's disgusting. Like even the most beautiful people I see when they get angry and they have a meltdown on Twitter, it's the most disheartening thing to see. So like, I try to avoid it. I have my own meltdowns on Twitter as well. That's the only <laughs> platform where I'll use our brand and act like an ass hat. But, um, you know, uh, but Twitter, yeah, it's just about, again, fresh content. So it's your latest tweets. You want to put out at least one tweet a day with proper hashtags or maybe two or three with different hashtags um, to do your course. Now that banana thing that I mentioned earlier. Banana, yes. Yeah, so the strategy that I learned recently um, is to find an affiliate program that gives you a unique promo code. So 
Um, you know, for example, we've, we've got a number of affiliate programs that we promote. Uh, some of them give us our own promo code. So yeah. if anybody uses that promo code, even if they don't click our link, if they just use our promo code, we make a commission. So, and they get a discount. So on Twitter, what I do is I, I you know, not just keyword or not, not just optimize for hashtags, but I'll also optimize for keywords in my tweets and, and alternate. And um, I'll just put promo codes there. I, I have a few sock puppet accounts too. Uh, with other brands that promote the same promo codes that we're using over on Hobo the Laptop and other sites that we have. And um, and you just literally have an automated thing like Publer.io or, you know, Buffer or Hootsuite or, you know, any one of these flash in the can social platforms mm -hmm. where you can manage it. And then you just go through a feed of literally just all your promo codes. Right. And then okay. when people are doing research before they make a purchase, they're probably going to type in brand name, promo code, hit enter and then they're going to find your tweet that says brand name promo code and then your promo code you know it's you're going to put it in the tweet and they're going to find it and use it and then eventually it'll get aggregated on these promo code sites and then that's when you make the real money so um if i was to use twitter starting today without having an established brand i would just have a sock puppet account that just cycles through all my affiliate offers i wouldn't even give them the time of day. It's a garbage platform. So like, it's just, it's garbage. It's garbage. And like when we deleted like Facebook too, when, when we deleted our Facebook page, uh, going on almost three years ago, two and a half, three years ago, our drop in traffic was so marginal. It was maybe, uh, 20 to 30 people a month that we lost. Bullshit. Yeah. We still, like, we actually get more traffic through Facebook today not having a Facebook page <laughs> because people are sharing our content. Sharing, we yeah. Have sharing buttons and not telling people to go to your profile. Like, every single ask, like, every single modality that you have where people can access your content. So, if you have a website, that should be your number one or a YouTube channel. Uh, but again, YouTube, that's another platform. Yeah. You don't own it, right? So, you want to have your website be number one and then you want to have your platform be second. So, you make your website number one and then you can embed your YouTube videos into articles that have keywords around them. So people can find it that way. Um, and then, you know, so your website's number one and then two, you've got your Facebook page, you've got your Twitter page, you've got your YouTube page, you've got, maybe you're using Publer, you know, if you're one of these, uh, you know, cutting edge people that is more into free speech, which is cool <laughs> or minds or, uh, yeah. what's it, BitChute or, um, you know, all these other platforms that I think marketers really should be taking advantage of BitChute, Minds, and Publer. It's not all alt-right uh, alt crazies. It's, it's just people. Uh, yeah. Although they're, it's a vacuum and it's been sucking up a lot of the crazies that Twitter kicked out. But take <laughs> it over. As a marketer, take it over. It's freshly fallen snow because every single marketplace that has a search bar Publer is a huge opportunity for marketers right now because right now it, it may be all crazy alt-right people. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked at it today. Um, you know, like today I looked at it. But um, if, you, if someone types in Skyroam promo code on Publer, it's a new platform. Chances are there's nobody that's like promoting that. Don't you uh, want to be the only one? Uh, you could have a three-month-old... Yeah, or uh, not Publer. Uh, what's the new one? The new Twitter. 
Twitter alternative, it's the big one. All of uh, Trump's little fan base is on there now. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. Twitter? Uh, <laughs> Twitter alternative, uh, it starts with a P. <laughs> is it um, Twitter? Oh, Parler. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's because oh, I mentioned Tumblr earlier and then I just kept saying it. Yeah, Parler. Oh. So, like, I mean, it's, it's a Twitter alternative. It's a great place. It's actually better than Twitter from a technology stack perspective. It's beautiful. Oh, and, and, uh, it's... And, and it's got legs. Uh, I think uh, there were some major Twitterers that were banned, um, you know, and then they created profiles there and brought everybody with them, like Stefan Molyneux, Sargon of Akkad is there, uh, like all these other, like, um, I'll call them libertarian types, but I'm sure the mainstream media would call them right-wing crazy people. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, Imagine like that yeah. whole free speech people. Yeah. Free speech, yeah. Uh, the, speak your mind. Uncomfortable opinions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and imagine, and yeah. Imagine you, uh, you, with what happened with the blue ticks recently, imagine if half the blue ticks migrate to parlor. <laughs> That'll be catastrophic. Yeah, I know. Twitter. I know. A lot of them have, you know? Yeah. And, like, like, I don't know if Alex Jones is there, you know, aliens. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if he's on there. But, like, and then the other thing, too, is just by happenstance, mm. uh, one of the Twitter employees, being a you know politically motivated douchebag, uh, tried to shut down the president's Twitter account. So then Twitter put a, and that was last year I think, and then Twitter put in a safety uh, to prevent that from happening to the president again. But then on that recent hack over the last week, it was that little happenstance scenario that created a safety so Trump's account didn't get hacked. But everybody, like uh, there was over forty blue checks, and of the forty six of them or nine of them had their entire message history downloaded. Wow. Like, can you imagine being one of those people? Like I've sent some real embarrassing drunk bullshit <laughs> to people on Twitter, like in my DMs. So, you know, like, what are you doing? Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's like, it's, it's dangerous. You know, like, like that could have started a war. Like if, if, if somebody would have broken into Trump's account and said, we're going to bomb Syria in three hours. Oh, man. Jesus, Can you imagine that what would... happened to the world as we know it? Well, That's why these things are Stock market would crash for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so many other things. Oh, I can't even imagine so that. Like the suicides. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm always looking at, like when you're looking at the social change that's happening, these people pushing social change. Now, I'm not going to talk about the things that I'm talking about. I'm not going to get specific. But all the, okay, I will mention climate change. Like these people pushing social change are pushing a little hard and it's making young people kill themselves. And nobody seems to realize that, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. I'm using your platform as a way to say that. But the next time you tell someone, we only have 12 years to live. If you're telling a kid that's still in high school that, Ooh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. he's going to turn into either a fucking nihilist or he's going to yeah. be hanging, you know. And, yeah. and if you ever Google uh, teen suicide rate, I bet you guarantee you it's social change that's pushing that. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, when you put it into perspective, it makes you think. I, I had a few friends die that way. Uh, after Occupy uh, and then after the Fukushima disaster, people thought we were eating uh, radioactive fish. And uh, It's just... Uh, it information just can kill people. Yeah, it can kill people. Yeah. No one thinks about that. So. Yeah, it's. I think it's just like drugs. It just gives you dopamine. And the more you can distance yourself away from the irrelevant information and just like consume specific stuff. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I think maybe it was your blog 
where there was an add-on to Chrome where you can actually stop YouTube from finding uh, YouTube from finding related videos to you and you can only get what you search for. And I think that's really cool. I might actually try that myself because YouTube yeah. knows, knows how to like net you into this. I think it was my that... Twitter. Yeah. It, like I shared an article about um, like, like people don't realize, like I, I saw this article about Apple yeah. and the article said that Apple won't allow these API integrations into their browser because of what they do. And then the, I, I always read and I strongly recommend, Anybody that's interested in tech and the privacy technology angle too, because every other article is about that. Um, the whole infosec thing. Slash dot S L A S H slash and then the word dot D O T dot yep. org. Uh, it's like a green and white website. Um, yeah, it, it, I read on there that um, Apple won't be including these these basically these spying API integrations and some of these integrations that are in all chromium based browsers so that's chrome chromium uh, not firefox uh it's in um what are okay. the other ones vivaldi uh sorry which, which one did you say uh brave yeah Is brave yeah yeah it's in brave as well that's the big one right you think that's a privacy browser well yeah. by default factory and there's like unless you go into their crazy advanced settings which you got to type a certain address in the address bar and hit enter and then you can see these other checkboxes unless you get into that, but I still haven't found a way to turn off all these APIs where it can tell the temperature of your device. It can tell you which way your device is like, like if it's on an angle or if it's lying flat, uh, it can tell, um, the sounds that are around it. Uh, it can tell, sorry, maybe not the sounds, the, the magnetic polar interference that's around it. So now if you think about that, you add up all these different attributes and that is a fingerprint. So, if you have a, like right now I have a, when I do calls, I, I downgrade my fan to like a little USB fan because it's quieter. Well, that USB fan is creating a, a polar magnetic interference. And then I have my uh, external hard drive to the left of my computer. I have my lamp to the right. I have my, uh, right now I'm vaping, which is, I know is a stupid habit, but I'm doing that <laughs> and it's plugged in. It's creating electromagnetic uh, interference. I've got my phone on my table. Now, if I switch browsers, because I use all of the major browsers and I use them for different tasks to keep myself, you know, like everything organized. But if I switch, so if I go to one website in multiple browsers and they're all Chromium based, they're all going to pick up on those electromagnetic frequencies and they're all going to have a perfect foot, uh, fingerprint. So it doesn't matter whether I switch browsers. It doesn't even matter whether, like if it's unique enough, there's like 23 that Apple didn't approve or something like that. Um, but Safari still is also a whole other despot privacy problem. Um, but yeah, like if, if, I, if I have this fingerprint, and even if I use um, the Tor Onion Network, uh, yeah. the fingerprint, it, it'll still be there. I mean, Tor uses Firefox as their base, so it's different. They don't have as many of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a EFF, the electronic something freedomfrontier.org, EFF.org. If you just Google EFF fingerprint checker or detector or something like that, you can actually do a test and you can see what your fingerprint looks like. And Ooh. then you can run it through different browsers and see how it compares. Yeah, the EFF.org. They're great. They're great. Yeah. But um, 
we really went off topic on that one, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new from this episode. If you did, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who'd benefit from the content we covered today, make sure you share it with them and add some value to their life. Have a blessed day and take care.